Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Welcome to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me, as always, is Logan Stump. Is this thing on? And Matt Hargrove. Hello, hello, hello. Just want to wish Matt a happy birthday. A very ah, merry birthday. Belated. Happy birthday. Yeah. 45. How does it feel? Uh, it feels <laughs> great. You know, you know, life doesn't start until you're about 45. So, like, I feel... <laughs> That's what old people like to say. Yeah, make them feel a little better about themselves, right? (laughs) Yeah, sad life. (laughs) If we have anybody that is forty-five, I apologize. You are uh, listening in on this. Yeah, Uh, not actually (laughs) forty-five, and that's not actually forty-five. No, he's thirty-seven. Yeah, just a little less. Uh, (laughs) But we have some. uh, So what? Did we talk? Was this the first game back from internationals? The first week? Yeah. Um, So we had the first week back uh, of internationals this weekend. And then we had some Champions League games today that we can talk about as well. Arsenal gets their first goal and their first win. We'll talk about that one uh, as we get there. But uh, yeah, it should be a good time let's see what we start with crystal palace tottenham is actually the first game of the weekend and crystal palace shocked the world with a three nil victory over tottenham there was a red card in the 58th minute second yellow for uh tang tanganga 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 oh there we go tanganga and that led to so at that point it was nil nil so uh, it really changed the whole game. 76 minute Zaha penalty, uh, uh, Eduard two uh, nil uh, scoring, and then a, another Eduard goal uh, in 90 plus two to make it three nil here. As Spurs, who were top of the table earlier, are uh, have fallen just a bit here. Let me see where they end up currently. Oh, do I not have that pulled up? They're in seventh right now, currently. They're in seventh. Yeah. Uh, but they, they're only one point off of first. That's how bunched up it is right now. But they had three straight wins under the new manager, Nuno, and then they come up with the loss against Crystal Palace, which, you know, Crystal Palace hasn't been great. That's their first win of the season. They had two draws before that. Uh, Logan, what do you make of this for Tottenham? Anything to worry about or just a red card that, you know, unwound the the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the red card has a lot to do with just unwinding, but I think it comes later on in the match, so it 
you know, up until that point, they were not very creative. I think they ended up with just two shots on goal with two shots completely. Um, 0.07 expected goals. So, again, not really creating. And, you know, it, it, with a striker like Harry Kane, um, that becomes an issue just because if you're not creating with him, who's one of the best strikers in uh, all of Europe, um, you know, I've said that multiple times on the show. Um, he, uh, it, It's trouble for Tottenham because I dropping that – to a Crystal Palace team that just hasn't played extremely well over the, the course of a year or so. Um, I know this is a new season, but still, they've looked uninspiring so far, too. So uh, to drop three points here uh, against a team that I think is going to really struggle some this year, um, not really, you know, panic time, but obviously a, a game to watch. They, they were clearly a pretty good team. They've won three games of their four. So um, this is a step backwards for Tottenham, and, and I see it as that. What's your thoughts, Matt, here on Crystal Palace getting the the three points, their first three points of the season against a Spurs team that many people were impressed by to begin the season? Yeah, I it was fun watching it. I actually got to watch most of the second half. Uh, or no, all of the second half. I slept through the first yeah, half. Yeah, you, you were out of <laughs> out of town. He was out of town. Um, yeah, it was I didn't see the first half, but from everything I read, especially from Tottenham fans, it doesn't sound like there was much difference between the first half um, and even prior to the red card in the second half, which, by the way, I terrible foul. I just don't understand. If you're on a yellow to lunge at a guy right in front of the refs, pretty pretty stupid to me. Um, but Palace played really well. It's, it's kind of fun to watch them no longer play that, like, Roy Hodgson-style of just like slow passing defense, hope you get a counter. They've actually been pretty exciting to watch. Um, you know, they, and they go to Liverpool this upcoming weekend, so it'll be kind of fun to get a better view of them. But they have some decent players, and I, I really don't think between how they played under Vieira and some of the guys they've brought in, I'm getting close to thinking you don't have to worry too much if they can consistently do this. You know, if they're – they could play like this, especially against teams like Tottenham. Then I don't think you'll see them fighting relegation as much as you might have expected this year. And like Logan mentioned here, a brutal point zero seven xG for Tottenham. Two shots created, uh, one of those on target. Just not a and, and like like we said, the red card wasn't until the fifty eighth minute. So even up until then, just wasn't. Uh, enough going on. And then the 53rd minute was Tangango's first yellow card. So only five minutes in between those, you'd think, you know, when you get that warning card there that you'd be a little bit more cautious, but uh, not all the time. Uh, let's go to Arsenal, who beat Norwich 1-0. They finally got their goal through Yang. My pick last year for Golden Boot did not pan out. Uh, and Norwich uh, ended up with just a little bit less than half of the possession, which is a little shocking. Uh, but Arsenal had 30 shots to Norwich's 10, and uh, they, they get the one goal out of their three goal expectancy. Uh, Norwich is now uh, is now at the rock bottom with zero points. Uh, are we going to have a similar situation, Logan, to what we had? Uh, last year, where uh, was it? Uh, was it Sheffield? Sheffield, right? yeah. That mm-hmm. went so long without any points last season. Did, 
do we see that going on with Norwich this year at all? Yeah, I think this one's going to be the one team, I think, that because uh, they've never really defended very well uh, in Premier League. And then you throw in the fact that they've just got one the, the one goal in four matches. Um, and I know that Sheffield really struggled to score last year too early on, and that's kind of what beat them down into the ground. Um, and they just don't have the capabilities to, to struggle like that. Like they, they need goals and they need to defend somewhat reasonably. Um, they've given up 11, I think, which is tied for 19th. Um, you know, just yeah. above Newcastle, who's last. So, yeah, it, it's a really bad thing when a team, if, if you're looking to stay up in the league, the team that gets that stays up and does not get relegated back down to the championship, it's a team that usually defends well enough to get them to the hump. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that this team uh, has got the defense to do so. And their attack is, I think, even more lacking than it was when they were up previously. So I think that, you know, a combination of factors, the, the fact that I think the top teams have gotten better and some of these lower teams are going to be fighting for a position down in that lower part of the table. I think it'll make it difficult for them to kind of sneak up out of that bottom three. And this is a team I think we see in the bottom three all year. Look, uh, the good thing is it's still early, right? Uh, it's only four games. And I think it's a little bit more muddled at the bottom than last year this early to the point where just a win for Norwich right now gets them above Leeds, you know? Um, <laughs> Oscar, stop. Uh, a win, you know, would get them above Leeds and out of the relegation zone and actually tie them with a numerous teams right now. Um, so, you know, it's still early. They can still figure it out. But one thing you don't like seeing, like you said, is how many goals they're giving up mm-hmm. and how few they're scoring. And, you know, we just don't know if they have the quality there to actually score. Yeah, dead last in goal scored. And, again, 19th in defense. That doesn't usually bode well for anybody. But that can change. And they don't have the talent like Arsenal does where you're no. like, oh, well, Arsenal will score at some point. Like, right. Uh, Josh Sargent yeah. hasn't looked great with the national team. He hasn't looked great at Norwich. Um, you know, I, and then, you know, he's he's who they're looking for to come off the bench at times. They, they just don't have that, like, proven threat to score goals. Uh, so let's move away from them and look at Brighton, who beat Brentford 1-0, and this put them briefly in the top three. Uh, it was a 90-minute goal from Leandro Trossard, to give them a win over Brentford. Brentford, who had a great start to the season for a team that just got promoted. Both of these teams don't finish with good XG at all. Brighton with 0.23 and Brentford with 0.53. 59% of possession to Brighton. Uh, but Brighton, the Seagulls, Logan Seagulls, have been looking up lately. They're only one point off of the top place. They're in sixth place right now. How's it feel, Logan, with the Seagulls here? Good. I, I really like Trossard, uh, and I think that a lot of their uh, attacking players uh, have quality. I, I think it was just a matter of last year trying to get them to all play well together. Um, when you had Malplay not playing very well, or if you had uh, Trossard not playing well, it, it really cripples that attack. But it seems like right now they've got uh, you know quite a bit uh, in the attack, and I think once Lamptey comes back as he gets healthy, um, that changes the game uh, for them. Uh, they have beat three teams that aren't really the necessarily cream of the crop. Uh, they beat Brentford. I think they beat Norwich and uh, Burnley. They beat or Burnley Watford and yeah, uh, yeah, Burnley Watford uh, and now Brentford. So they, not necessarily their run of games. And then they played Everton and lost two 0 So I, it, 
it's early and Bright, Brighton's played pretty well. Um, but again, it's all about collecting points early on because I, I don't know if they really want to be fighting down there with a bunch of those teams that we've thrown in together uh, in the recent podcast and the episodes where we talk about five or six teams being relegated. I'm not sure that they want to be one of those names, and I don't think they are. So. Your thoughts, Matt, on on your Brentford Bees here? They start off pretty good, though, and they're in 10th place. Yeah, they're they're solid. They're a very solid team. They're coached well. Um, it it's like one of those teams where they're all the players are just kind of there with each other. They're you know they're they get built up together, um, and I think that does make a difference with some of these teams. So you know you look at like a Norwich where they just brought in what like ten people, just random players from all over the place. Watford made a bunch of signings as well, and I think that's what's I think that to an extent is what differs with Brentford is they don't just buy to buy they're very specific about their players they purchase their team even looking at their lineup they don't really have much added in terms of main players coming in from their team last year and they're still performing pretty well to lose at the very end um i do think goal wise they're still going to struggle a bit so they are going to have a lot of these close at the end of games possibly giving up goals um so it's Brighton look to be a good team, though, so I don't think you can really be upset, you know, losing 1-0 to them. Maybe at home it's a little bit upsetting, but, you know, it, it's a long season, and I, I like how they play, and I like the fact that they are a team that's built together instead of just pieces, and I think that's going to make a huge – that'll be the reason they're not relegated at the end of the year. Let's move on to Leicester and Man City. Man City do not lose 5-2, to two, sadly, for everyone involved. <laughs> Bernardo Silva scores in the 62nd minute, and that's all she wrote. Just a 1-0 victory um, away from home for City, and they win this one by 60-40% possession. They have 2.74 XG with 25 shots to Leicester 6. Feeling better, Logan, about the prospect of this? Not that you're totally down, but, you know, City is a point behind the rest of the clubs here. What's your thoughts on the start for city? I feel like slow starts are just kind of becoming the norm for city. Um, it's mostly due to injury. I mean, Katie B still hurt. Um, you've got guys that are coming back from injury um, in their defense. Like John stones isn't currently fit completely. So he's, you know, he's come in and, and now that he's on the bench, is he going to re- replace the port? Um, I don't know. Like, it's still hard to tell because Foden's not there. It's still hard to tell because, they really haven't found an answer completely at the striker position, which is what they set out to do. So I'm still kind of hesitant to call Ferran Torres uh, any kind of savior, just because I, I'm not sure how exactly he fits in the plan. He's got to learn how to play that position because he's always been on the wing um, and trying to learn how to score goals in the Premier League isn't easy, especially for a young kid. Finally saw Grealish play really well. Um, I thought Grealish did a nice job of just creating on the side. Um, which is why City brought him in. They, they've lacked sometimes that playmaking ability uh, at the wings when, you know, Sterling at times has gone silent. Um, and then at the right wing, you've got a mixture of, of Mares and Gabriel Jesus now um, trying to figure out that right wing with maybe Silva up there sometimes. So there's some more continuity, I think, kind of getting Jack Grealish more involved and then uh, hopefully getting KDB back healthy where he's playing 90 minutes and playing with Jack and then, uh, kind of shores up that midfield for City, but overall, I, I think it's a it's a nice win because Leicester always seems to be a thorn in our side. And Jamie Vardy didn't score like his twelfth goal in eleven games or whatever it would have been. Um, so, <laughs> all in all, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a a win uh, over Leicester. 
Matt, you had some thoughts about Leicester and how they've been performing recently. Mm-hmm. What, what, share it with the listeners here. Yeah, they they just haven't been impressive. I don't know personally if it's just struggles at the beginning of the year, but even looking at their lineup, I'm not overly impressed. Um, I know that they've had a lot of injuries, though. I know that their center backs have been injured a lot. I know Fafana, he's out for probably the year. Evans looks like he just came back, but he's had injury issues. So Yunchu has been hurt. They've had injury problems, but I also it's during the during the transfer window, everybody gets very uh, like impressed with their moves because of the potential that they sign. So you know you get people like Daka and Samare, um, which are great signings in terms of. If you were playing a video game, you know that they're going to grow and they have a lot of potential. But I do think a team like Leicester does have a possibility of hitting a season where it might not look as good as it has been because they do start to lose their players. And I do think players like Madison and Tielemans, I'm wondering how much is in their head that they know that they probably could get moves to bigger clubs. Um, it sounds like Tielemans, probably, this will be his last year with the team. So I don't know if that will affect them, but I, I feel like that always has some. Well, that's always I want I want to ask you about that. What do you consider a bigger team than Leicester right now? Because you know, like in England, yeah. Because I mean, like Madison is you know was linked to Arsenal, and and I guess historically they're a bigger club, but they have yeah. you know, they're all the way at the bottom right now, and they usually don't even surpass Leicester in the last what like six years. Uh, no. five years and i just wonder like because not ever not all of these players i i know that they have to think in their mind that they're going to win spots at all these big clubs but not all these players are going to be able to go to like city or chelsea or liverpool no. and actually get like playing time and and that's what uh, i i don't understand uh when this comes up all the time i think it i think from my end of it i when they say bigger clubs, I, I do think there's a more there's a historical side to it, which is why I think Arsenal gets linked with James Madison because growing up, I'm more than likely he thought more about playing in terms of Arsenal than he did Leicester, which is I know I still agree it's weird because I don't think going there is probably your best move, um, unless obviously they get a bigger coach. But I both of these players, it you see it with. Lester, ha- it happens. <clears throat> God dang, it happens at Lester a lot, though. I feel you know you see players like Chilwell leave. You see um, Conte left. I barely leave, play like, at Chelsea now that Alonso yeah, has like really Conte nailed leave. down the spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Conte leaves. Uh, Mares leaves, and he's you know I know he rotates a lot at City, but if he had stayed at Lester, he would be starting every week. Like, and I think that. The problem with a team like Leicester is that you are going to have a down year. I know they didn't really get rid of anybody, but they have gotten rid of talent over the last couple of years, and that might have caused some overperformance. But eventually, I do think teams like Leicester drop every occasional year because they either have sold players recently that could have kept them higher up, or they have players that are looking closer to be being sold. And again, their signings are good, but they're also, they're not, um, shoot, what's the word? Uh, Their signings aren't 
they're not acclimated to the Premier League. They have potential, but it they can't just come in and all of a sudden be great. Usually, like they're not Halan, Patson Daka. I know he played on Salzburg, but he's not he's not Halan. So it's it. I just think this might be a year where if they do end up in the sixth, seventh, eighth range, I'm not going to be shocked because I think this is a dip year for them where they're going to need to start getting some players to get more acclimated to the Premier League. Um, Because I do think they are going to lose. I think Tielemans especially. It sounds like Mm -hmm. I've even read today he had some article or some interview where he was talking about his contract, I think, is up next year. So it feels like he's probably going to be the next one. And he's probably their best player, which is, I don't think, great in terms of a Leicester fan because they they will have to sell him. But you know that's my, that's my opinion. I, I just, I'm not shocked with them struggling a bit this year. I just think it's bound to happen at some point. Logan, I want to get your perspective on this because City has not been historically a big club. I mean, they have more money now, but I mean, Leicester actually has some decent money with with their backing as well. So I just wonder, what is it that you think makes you know players want to leave Leicester? Guaranteed playing time, mostly. They go to City where Mares doesn't play all the time, um, where I feel like the City fans don't like Mares as much as Leicester fans would. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they say, well, it's to win titles, and then they did win a title at Leicester, and <laughs> last year they won an FA Cup as well. So I just wanted to get your perspective on what do you think makes the difference? Is it just the oil money? Or, like, what is the difference between players wanting to go from, like, you know, Leicester to, like, a Chelsea or City where um, – they're historically not like as big a clubs as like United or Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I get Matt's point. I get your point, Matt, about like growing up with Arsenal, Madison might look bigger to them, but like some of these players had no idea who Manchester city was. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was even like, um, Oh, what, who's the story of somebody that went to man city from overseas and thought he was going to United. Uh, like that happened because they had no idea there was a second team in Manchester, mm-hmm. you know? So like, it, it like what, what's your thoughts on this whole like bigger club uh best chance to play like what's your thoughts on all of this i mean i think there's a number of factors uh, i pulled up the wages uh for annual wages per uh, premier league team last year city has 8.73 million us dollars and then if you look all the way down to leicester it's 4.19 and ahead of them are tottenham everton chelsea arsenal liverpool and man united so that's one thing. I, I think they get paid more, and I think that they will take less playing time to get paid more. Uh, it's a lot. They get paid a lot of weekly wages as they do transfer um, because I know Mares is making over double what he made at Leicester, so I think that that's got a lot to do with it. I think the allure of being like, I can play for City, I can start for City, I'm good enough to be on that elite team, so I'm going to go to that point, you know, that team and prove that I can play on the wing for Manchester City. And it just doesn't pan out like that because there's more talent there already. So I think that's another issue. And I think the biggest issue of them all, um, which a lot of people don't talk about, but if you listen to, especially lately, if you listen to the way that players talk, um, I think there's a lot given and not just the trophies, but I think the players that they're playing with, I think that there's a huge allure or coaches um, where players pick teams based on who they like to play with. Um, 
And I think that we can see that in other sports too. I think there's a lot of teaming up where teams like to go join super leagues, not just because it's the glitz and the glamour, but I think they literally think they like playing with those players. I know Jack Grealish's biggest thing was he wanted to always play with Kevin De Bruyne, and, and that's part of the reason why he came to City, along with the fact that he's playing for Pep. Um, the Arsenal thing's always confusing to me, like you said, Jordan. Like if I'm comparing Arsenal and Leicester right now, I don't think there's a difference. I think it's just Arsenal has the history of being good, whereas Leicester's now built the history of being good. Um, and I well, think even when Madison was young, like they were yeah, in that they drought were, of yeah. Arsenal not winning a trophy under Wenger right. for like ten years. Yeah. Right. So, but I do think it's, it's part of that. Yeah, but I think that's part of it, too. I think the Arsenal thing's an outlier. Is there actual interest, too? Like, I feel like Arsenal throws their name out there just so they hope that somebody is like, oh, yeah, Arsenal, I'll go there. I I think it's a lot less of, like, if City, Liverpool, United, or Chelsea are thrown into transfer talks, it becomes a whole different thing. And I know a lot of teams use that to their advantage um, when they try to keep those teams out of the negotiations. Or they'll say, like, hey – so-and-so is interested in James Madison. So then City and them are going to want to go, oh, well, I'm going to pay more money to bring him to City, and Arsenal's not even interested. So I know there's a lot of that going on over there. But again, I think uh, it has a number of factors. I think that right now Leicester was seen as the smaller club just because they haven't competed over a window of time. But now you're starting to see, like, in the next two to three years, I think you're going to see a lot of teams and a lot of players wanting to gravitate towards selling their players to – selling themselves to a team like Leicester. But again, how much money does Leicester really have? Because if they had a lot, they'd be spending it too. Let's move on to the other side of Manchester. Manchester United win 4-1 over Newcastle. Cristiano Ronaldo scores two goals in his uh, second debut. I think that's kind of an oxymoron um, (laughs) for Manchester United. Uh, It was a late first half goal and then it was uh, in the second half a Javier Manquillo uh, goal in the 56th minute to equalize for Newcastle and then United uh, were able to run away with it 62 minutes Ronaldo scores again 80th minute Bruno Fernandez Jesse Lingard 90 plus two and makes it uh, Manchester United at the top of the table um with 10 points and 11 goals scored being the the main dividing point between them and Chelsea right now and them and Liverpool. So uh, I'll give it to Matt here. Your thoughts on Manchester United versus Newcastle. Not impressed. Boo. <laughs> um, um, I, it's, it's so hard. I don't even know if I have like a – it's hard to have like an actual reaction, I think, to this game because for me personally, I would have expected 4-1 kind of either way because I think Newcastle have shown – Newcastle are really struggling. <laughs> they're clearly one of the – like they're one of the bottom teams at the moment, I think table and performance-wise. Um, they're actually the worst in terms of goals against. Um, I do think they're struggling in terms of their goalkeeping situation. Cause I know their goalkeeper is, I want to say either their second or third string. Um, so they've definitely struggled in that sense. And to be honest, both of Ronaldo's goals, at least were in my opinion, goalkeeper air, um, especially the first one where he basically just lets it bounce off his hand or arm and then goes into the path of Ronaldo. Uh, but Again, I, I, you know, I see these teams like United and City and Liverpool and Chelsea. They're still the best of the Premier League, 
So these are the type of games, and I think you're going to see this a lot, especially for home games. I think you're going to see – I wouldn't be shocked if Newcastle lose 4-1 to at City, at Liverpool, and at Chelsea as well, um, just because I think the talent is substantially better between those four teams and everybody else. Um, even Tottenham and Leicester, I don't – I personally am not been impressed with Tottenham, but I think United, they've done their job. I think they, they look – like a team that will definitely compete. I do still worry about their right back situation, which actually reared its ugly head today. Um, if you watch the Champions League game and also their midfield, it Pogba is good and Fernandez is a great attacking mid, but defensively, if any team can control a midfield against them, I don't think they're going to have much issue in terms of facing United. The only problem is I, I think only City, Chelsea, and Liverpool could do that. So that's why you're, it's going to be tough to see some games where United are probably going to still run rampant. Um, but yeah, right now I, they're good. I don't think they're still. I still don't think they're better than Liverpool, Chelsea, or City though. I just think they're missing a bigger defensive presence that all of those teams have. I just don't. I don't see it with United. They don't have a Rodri. They don't have Fabinho. They don't have Conte. Until they get one of those, and they could definitely do it in the January transfer window. I don't see them as a threat to the top three, but I know they're going to be everyone's favorite team to talk about with Ronaldo. So I feel like you're always going to see tweets and stuff. Um, just want to say I'm looking at Cavani's stuff here. He's like injured or quarantining a lot last year and this year. So um, I guess it's good that they got the South America thing. Maybe yeah. Yeah, that might have been what it was, but yeah, he had an injury today where he wasn't playing, it says. He quarantined for the first Leeds game of the season, um, did not play on 8-22, and played against Wolves, and then had a knock against Newcastle. So, who knows? I guess it's good that they went out and got Ronaldo then, because he's already contributed to league goals and won Champions League goal, um, while Cavani, I think, has only scored... 10 league goals already so, uh, for, for Manchester United. So uh, I think Ronaldo gets there probably by Christmas, probably. That's <laughs> what I would think. Uh, Newcastle, yeah, we kind of all were worried about them at the beginning of the season when we were previewing them. And they've got one point, negative seven goal differential. They're scoring goals. They got five. But they're just leaking goals all over the place. What's your thoughts on this matchup, Logan? Yeah, I... Again, it goes down to uh, the same thing last year. They don't defend at all. They can't score. Uh, and they're kind of like that Norwich. Uh, they're, they're kind of in this, uh, I you know, this stretch where nothing goes right. And when it does, they give up four goals, um, which you're not going to win Premier League matches like that, no matter who you're playing. Even if you're, you're not? Playing. No, not often. <laughs> but I think with... <laughs> With Newcastle, I mean, if you look at them, who, who's going to create for them? Besides Almiron and Sam Maximin, there's just not anything there. Callum Wilson has his moments where he's impressive, but then there's other times where he just disappears. So trying to get Newcastle and for them to play um, a, a style of, of soccer that is going to be effective in this league, it just doesn't seem like it's there anymore. And I think, Jordan, I think that this might actually be a team that – Seriously, down the road, we might be talking about them being in real danger of being relegated, which would be really, really bad for this team. 
No doubt. I, I think they're probably going to be one of the three. And I think I had them on the thing. I don't I think remember. we all had them on a watch. Yeah, we, I think we pretty much, yeah, did. Let's move on to Southampton and West Ham, which uh, finished nil-nil with a Antonio red card in 90-plus fifth minute. But I don't know, anything to talk about this this game here? Um, mm. Antonio's red card that's going to – Give a nice little boost to United next week. Yeah, a nice yeah, break. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, West Ham in eighth place, uh, Southampton in fourteenth place. We were worried about Southampton as well. Mm-hmm. They're doing okay. They've had one loss and three draws. They've rebounded from that first loss of the season, which was against uh, Everton. And then they have City next, so probably not looking up for Southampton. Uh, well, you know what? They'll probably be looking up the table at the rest of the team. They're flying past them. Sorry oh. for any uh, fans of Southampton. Uh, Watford versus Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton wins 2-0 over Watford. There's a own goal by Sierra Alta. Then there is a goal in the 83rd minute for Hichon Huang. Um for Wolves. Um, Raul Jimenez has been playing this season. I don't think he scored yet, um, but he's back from his fractured skull, which was pretty brutal injury around November of last year. So he's back uh, 2-0 for Wolves. Then we had Chelsea Aston Villa. Chelsea wins 3-0 with Lukaku scoring two goals in the 15th and 90 plus third minute with Kovacic scoring in the 49th minute. Fun story is that was Lukaku's and Kovacic's first goals at Stanford Bridge. So, fun there. Uh, Astonville actually had better XG than Chelsea. Chelsea had more possession. Uh, Astonville actually had more shots than Chelsea because, uh, you know, just reasons, I guess. Uh, But, yeah, uh, Solid did not look super great. They put in Giorgino in the second half, and things looked a little better. But uh, any thoughts here, uh, Matt, on Chelsea 3-0? That looked really good. <laughs> I hate saying it, but, I mean, they, I do wonder. They do seem to give up a lot of shots. I did notice that, so I don't know if that's like a defensive issue or that's their game plan. Um, I mean, Mendy doesn't really make you worry too much because it seems like he stops everything. So that's uh, so I don't really know how to think about that, but um, yeah, they're they're good. I mean, they didn't even have some of their bigger names. It feels like I, I guess I still think Chilwell's a big name. Um, so I don't. I guess I'm gonna keep thinking that. But um, looking at the lineup, it wasn't even to me what you could really put out there as like your strongest one, and they still dominated. It seemed. Um, yeah, they they're gonna be a tough team. Tuchel is probably one of the best moves that Abrahamovich has made recently. Um, and as long as he's there, I just, they're going to be tough to score against. It, it really is. It's, it's going to be frustrating for teams, but they, I, they're, they're good. I mean, I, I still think they're honestly, I, to me, I, I do feel like they should be the favorites right now after the first four weeks in terms of winning the league. Logan, any thoughts on this result here? Yeah, I, I will echo Matt. I think it's impressive that this Chelsea team just continues to do it, even when they don't have big names. Pulisic hurt. Um, like he said, Chilwell's out. And they just seem to be able to piece things together. Uh, Tuchel's got like the magic touch. Um, and I think this Premier League is perfect for him. 
right now, I would say that they're the best team in Europe playing wise uh, in the form that they're in. I would say over the last you know couple months, dating back to their little run through the Champions League to squash City, um, Tuchel just seems to understand how to get to different teams. It seems like he knows how to play different teams, and it's like this style of like their style is very much of like, and I think Matt was kind of right. I think that they they do give up a lot of shots just because of the way that they play. Um, and Mendy's been really good. So I think that that's really helped is having like a fortress back there. So, I th- you know, part of their thing was, especially when they played city in that champions league final, a lot of their matches, what they'll do is they, they kind of wait back for you and they make you make a mistake. And then once they get you on your back heels, they start running downhill at you. And, and with the speed that they have and the creators that they have in the midfield, along with some of those wing backs and, uh, the way that they can create too, um, like a Marcus Alonso, like a Hudson Adoy, like a, a Chalaba, when he is, whenever he gets involved now, just seems like they have so many attacking forces and fronts that you just don't know where to go. Um, Kovacic played really well in this match, and then you've got probably one of the better strikers in all of Europe right now, who's been on a consistent run of form, and that's Lukaku. So right now, if, if I'm picking favorites, I know we're four matches in, but Chelsea look to be in a whole different stratosphere. Uh, than some of these other teams that are playing in the Premier League right now. I'd probably temper the best playing team in Europe right now. I, I best playing know. team in Europe. Name a better one. Bayern Munich. No. <laughs> they don't play anybody. Who the hell do they have to let to play? They don't play anybody. They, they play in the Bundesliga. Brand, oh, yeah, the Bundesliga. It's like Bundesliga 2, Bundesliga 3, and 4. And they play pretty well in the Champions League all the time. Uh, so I, I would say I'm... I, I think Bayern Munich is still the who's still the, best the best team in team. Europe right now. I mean, I, I think Chelsea. Thank you. Oh, okay, Jordan, I, I know Jordan has a hard time picking Chelsea because you're you're their biggest critic. Like I, I feel like you're very critical of Chelsea. Although Matt and I were on this train last year where we thought they were going to run away with the Premier League too. So <laughs> not well, run away. Sign that many players when you spend that much money. All these big names. They just needed somebody that could. Cool. Turn all of that into like a team, which was not Lampard. And they needed a guy that can score. And Jordan, you said that last year. Like you said, if they get somebody that score, I didn't say they'd be the be best dangerous. team in Europe. I just said they'd be dangerous. <laughs> Bayern Munich's really good, but like I'd give Chelsea yeah, they have the best really striker in Europe. <laughs> they do, but aside from that, I think I Bayern think... are. I think personally, I think Bayern are beatable in terms of any of the top three Premier League teams. Maybe. I think they. I. I think. I. I mean, City, Liverpool, and Chelsea have some of the best. Def, like in terms of yeah, like in yeah. terms of defenses. I agree. <clears throat> I think it's that's what's going to make the entire season really, and even Champions League is that these three teams have insanely good defenses. And it frustrates and teams. At this point, I mean, even Liverpool. Then Liverpool have depth on the defense yeah. right now as well. So it's like they, they have all these, back. yeah, like twenty of them. <laughs> yeah, so it's like they have all three of these yeah. teams have depth. They have world class goalkeepers. Like it's, it's just that's why I won't be shocked if every single game between these those three teams ends in draws. <laughs> it's almost like you play not to lose. I know the coaches won't, but they will play. I think a bit more defensively hoping not to lose those games. Cause I think that could be the difference between first, second and third. Those other teams are used to scoring at will too in their leagues. I mean, if you look at Byron, they can score whenever they want. PSG can score whenever they want. Then they get to these premier league teams. 
And like you said, I think we have three of the best defenses in the world. So it's like, well, how do you how do you score against that, right? And yeah. I think Mendy's been one of the best keepers in a, in a long stretch of games that he's had recently. So it's it's tough. And, you know, Chelsea's yeah. got those proven defenders. So it's like, where do you score? How do you score? They're good, Jordan. Just deal with it. They're good. I just don't think they're the best in Europe. But let's go on to Leeds versus Liverpool. Uh, most law scoring 20 minutes in. Fabinho scoring 50 minutes in. A red card to Pascal Struick. Struick? Yeah. Uh, what? Injury to Harvey Elliott there. Uh, and then Sadio Mane in the 90 plus two minutes for a 3-0 victory over Leeds. Leeds not looking super great, Logan. They're in 17th place with two points. Is Bielsa Ball dead? I don't think Bielsa Ball's dead. I, I think uh, their defense is dead, and it's been dead for a long time. Um, again, you've got to be able to defend in this league. It's 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 starting to turn back into your kind of league, Jordan. I, I think, yes, we score a lot, and yes, it's not like it used to be old school, but at least now you've got teams – at least the top three that have fortified their defense. And then if you look at the teams that drop down into that relegation zone, it's always really teams that have bad defenses or yeah, really just right. can't score. So, and I think that that's a combination of like not having the experience back there for leads, uh, at least premier league side experience. Um, that's been a big issue. I, I know that I, I think we all were expecting them to go into this transfer window because they've always talked about how big their club is and how much money they can spend and they come out of it and they still have kind of that same defense except Furpo and, and Furpo has got to get adjusted to this league. Defenders, I think defenders have the hardest time getting, def- you know, accustomed to Premier League style play because it, it's just so different than other sports uh, or sorry, other leagues. Um, it's definitely different than other sports, but um, yeah, I, I think it's going to take a little bit for them to kind of catch up, but I, this isn't a team that I'm really worried about because I think, Playing against weaker talent, I think Leeds is a better team and a better side than them. Matt, your thoughts mm-hmm. on Liverpool winning three 0 here? Uh, I mean, it, they've they have been impressive this year. Um, I'm also impressed with how high their volume of shots attempted are because I believe they're at the top of the league right now. With oh, I want to say it's a hundred and four games, um, so they're definitely creating and shooting, and I, I think that comes eventually with more goals. I think they could have probably won this game 6-7-0 had a couple of shots gone a little bit left or right. Um, so it, it, they've been impressive, and it's it's just nice to see them back defensively. I think that's one of the biggest things is even early last year before the injury, felt like there were some moments where there felt as there was some defensive lapses. But I think having people like Matip healthy and Trent continuing to grow defensively is a big deal. Um, so it, it, it's exciting. I think watching the game, I my biggest thing actually was more so on the leads end where I was, you know, kind of what Logan was saying. I, I think to an extent the Bielsa ball is is going to be a big problem for them this year. Um, they Even before the red card, I didn't even actually feel like Leeds had a shot at scoring, and they're supposed to be free-flowing, like incredible attacking football. And I was, it wears the players the, out. It, it wears yeah, the players was, out. And like, we've been in this, you know, last, what, two years yeah. almost of games just being so condensed due to yeah. COVID yeah. that I feel like that's really going to hurt. 
And it's, it's, it's just interesting because even at home, you know, this is at Leeds and I was watching them going, I kind of just feel like Liverpool could, it, to me, it felt like a game where if Liverpool say they gave up a goal and it was one, one Liverpool then could have been like, all right, guys, just go score a couple more. Like you, it's fine. Like go do it. Like it just, I wasn't impressed with them. And I think it made Liverpool look a lot better. Cause I, I do think there's still bits and pieces. They struggle with finishing wise. They're but, good deal with it, Matt. <laughs> it is true. It is true. Dude, they've got two. They've got two more shots on goal per hour. Like their average is like eight point three. The next closest is City at six point five. So obviously yeah. their attack's yeah. doing something right, and they've created fourteen big chances. And the next in line would be City, but after that, it drops off pretty yeah. quickly. I mean, if, if I mean if they stay healthy, they're they're in a really good place. So I think some. When you look at the team, though, it's it's crazy because they had zero attackers on the bench because Firmino and Minamino are hurt. Um, it's Origi can't even get on the bench. He There's been one game with two goalkeepers on the bench and then a game like this where the other two attackers are hurt and he can't even get on the bench. I think that's not good enough. I know it's no, yeah, and like he, iron level player. Yeah. If they. <laughs> oh, come <on. laughs> I think if they go into January and grab an attacker or something through the transfer market, it'd be, it'd be solid, but That'd be terrifying. yeah, I, I, I definitely came away with that game more wondering is our leads going to be a surprise, like bottom five team. And to be fair, after the first four games, if that, if they continue That's it, what they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if they continue playing that way, it's, it's not like you're going to sit there and go, don't worry. We have some easier games coming up because yeah, maybe you'll play a, you know, you'll play Norwich, but then you also have to realize you still got to play City. You still got to play Chelsea. You've already struggled against Everton. You struggled against Burnley, you know, and Burnley is bottom tier. So I want to see how they continue going because I would be, I think concern isn't there yet, but if this time next month, if they're still in that same spot, I think there's going to be big reason for concern. All right, let's move on to the last game of the week. This was yesterday, Everton 3, Burnley 1. Uh, ben Mee scoring to give Burnley a 1-0 lead in the 53rd minute. Then Everton said, all right, enough playing around here. And Michael Keane equalized in the 60th minute. Townsend scores in the 65th minute. And then Damari Gray scores in the 66th minute. Makes it 3-1. Uh, Everton and Everton end up with more possession, just slightly more XG, more shots, um, and more uh, about the same amount of shots on target, six to six there. So uh, Burnley started off the game well, but now they sit in 18th place, as that would have been a big three points for them. And Everton sit in fourth, tied on everything except goal differential uh, with uh, Liverpool. They're just even with points there. Logan, your thoughts on these two teams? So I, I guess I'll tackle the the Everton side just because uh, I, I think they found that without Hamas, they're fine and they're actually a better team. Um, he's been more of a headache, I think, than you know having him around. Just because I think, and we said this last year, uh, there's times like in September and October he really started to look slow. I mean, really slow. Uh, and just not creative like he had been. He had been a big part of, of what they were doing, and he just didn't play well. Um, so, you know, and, and I think this team's added some good talent. I think Andrews Townsend playing for them now uh, is a big help. Damari Gray playing really well for them. 
um, this this season and, and really stepping into a bigger role, it, it's it's really important. And Rich Charleston has been one of the better players um, in Premier League for a while. So you know, with those three added and the way that DeCorey's played, um, Lucas Digne has been really good um, along with Michael Keane. Uh, I think they've got a solid team. Uh, you know, I, they're a mid-level team, and I, I think they've never really done anything special enough to jump themselves higher than, than that mid-level to seventh spot. So, and, and again, I think they're kind of that similar team this year. I don't think that they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to have a really hard time making Europa if they try to push up towards the, that area. But I, I guess we'll see. But uh, this team, again, they're, they're just they're, – they're sound – but they're not great. Matt, any thoughts on Burnley? Uh, yeah, they should get uh, their ticketing ready to say championship on their <laughs> to start changing the banners in the stadium. <laughs> um, I they're I I won't lie. I was more impressed with Norwich than I have been Burnley in regards to like bottom teams this season. Uh, that's and not good. No. Um, no, it when you watch them though, they're it's almost like they're taught, and I, I've noticed it a lot over their last couple of games. I think more than I ever did, but it's like they're taught to play American football because the way they go in. If you watch some of those replays and some of the tackles they go into, it sometimes it doesn't seem like they're trying to score. They're just trying to You're go saying in Ted as hard Lasso as they can. Is their coach? <laughs> <laughs> no, they they'd be doing better. <laughs> Oh, no, uh, Ted be Lasso got too. relegated. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Onward and upward. Um, but, yeah, like when you watch them play, they don't look like they're trying to score. They just look like they're trying to do everything they can to keep you out of the goal, but not in a like technical sense. They just want to be as physical as possible. But that's also not how this form of football is played. Like that's more NFL. You know, that's – tackling and going into their like legs that every single game they have like at this one i know Richarlson got like this crazy two-legged tackle that they didn't even call a foul and watch some of the liverpool game at one point i think it's one of their center backs legitimately like throws jata on the ground like he like grabs him and just throws him um and i don't think that style is gonna work very well because so many of these teams you know a good 12, 13 teams look like they have such high level of technical ability that they're going to be able to run circles around you. And I don't think you can be slow and physical um, to that extent where you don't have any other talent and actually expect to, to get anywhere. So right now, Norwich and Burnley are, I think, properly placed inside the bottom three right now. So I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't be shocked to see him stay there all year. Yeah, uh, let's let's. We got some news here that I wanted to go over. This was today from World Soccer Talk. Um, they cover a lot of uh, World Soccer Talk. Uh, <laughs> they cover a lot of like uh, you know the the contract stuff. So for people that don't know, we are in the last year of NBC's contract for the Premier League so far. Uh, executives from this is from the article. Exec, executives from English Premier League have opted to consider opening bids from several broadcasters instead of renewing its deal with uh, NBC. So that's from a Bloomberg report. Um, 
some quotes here. We are open for business. We will look at any property that comes along is what CBS said uh, when they're looking at more soccer deals. Um, so people are thinking ESPN and CBS Sports are going to be throwing their uh Throwing the rings in, even Warner Discovery Plus is is looking at it. Maybe Amazon Prime. Um, So we'll see how it goes now. It sounds like the Premier League wants to make sure some games are on linear TV. But I think whoever gets this is probably going to put most of the games on streaming, which we'll see how that affects the Premier League's popularity. um, In I mean, most of these leagues are doing that now, but it is nice that there's usually one or two games on the weekend that are on NBC proper mm-hmm. that anybody can just flip on and, and, mm-hmm. you know, over the air TV, don't need cable um, and, and see a game. But I guess this could be our last year with NBC because I'm not sure if they're going to be able to bid the money it takes. And I would actually fully expect it to go to somebody like ESPN or, um, or CBS. I think CBS could do well with it, but I yeah. would want them to actually put games on big CBS then. Mm-hmm. The issue is they would probably have to be the morning games because once they get to this time of year, college football. they have football and college football mm-hmm. from noon onward, right? So yeah. Yeah. with NBC, we usually get the game at 1230 on big NBC. We'd probably get instead like the 730 or 8 o'clock game on CBS. So... I don't know. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Any thoughts on who you would prefer get the rights? Um, God, I don't. I my own my only preference probably is, is NBC. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I want to see anyone else get it. Um, I don't. I guess I don't mind the thought of CBS because mm-hmm. maybe from a personal perspective, I like when things are kept together. So CBS would have Premier League and mm-hmm. Champions League. So it's like you get both of those. Um, and that's again from a personal perspective. I don't really like the thought of Amazon Prime because that's strictly unless I don't know TV anymore. Isn't no, you're right. Amazon that would just Prime be is strictly okay. I was like, I haven't had cable in like six years, so I don't know what channels are actually yeah, <laughs> cable anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean, NBC just works so well, and having having it in relation to Peacock gives you two streaming services. It gives you NBC on cable. Um, so I guess if I had to pick one, I guess ESPN or CBS are pretty tied. But ESPN worries me because they have so many sports. Would they actually put anything on the mm-hmm. national spectrum of it? I think they would. They've really started putting some of the you big think? La Liga matches and Bundesliga matches on ABC. Yeah. Um, oh, really? As well. And and some of the MLS games. MLS as well. not having cable hurts. So, <laughs> I didn't even uh, know that it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's not actually weird. cable. It's just over the air. You just need an antenna um, for ABC. But I don't even know where I'd get one of those. Walmart <laughs> <laughs> or Target. <laughs> I bought some, but my house does not have good reception, so I can't even use my antenna. So Eesh. I just have to yeah, it's, it's, watch. I mean, it's app. definitely weird. It's ESPN probably has you know ESPN has more options in terms of channels too. Mm-hmm. ESPN News, ESPN, but obviously ESPN. they but have. The thing is, they're going to have more Bundesliga. Sports. They're going to have yeah. La Liga. La Liga. They have MLS. MLS. Those games are usually later in the day. But, yeah, so you'd have this problem of, okay, which one are we prioritizing? They're going to end game up, day. sadly, they're going to end up prioritizing EPL over probably putting some of those La Liga and uh, Bundesliga games on. 
mm-hmm. which would be sad because what works right now is that we you can literally watch a game on ABC of uh, like La Liga, and then you can watch an NBC game on NBC EPL, and then you can also watch like an MLS game on Fox, you know, and like those are just that's growing the sport with three different leagues there that it's getting. But if they all go to ESPN or if they all go to CBS, right, then you're running into the issue of, okay, which ones are going to get priority and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, with apps now, you'd be able to choose whatever one you want to watch. But for the mainstream growing audience, I think that's where it becomes an issue. Um, Let's just talk quick Champions League results here. Uh, We had some games today, which was Tuesday, Bayern Munich. Uh, won their game 3-0 over Barcelona. That puts Barcelona at the bottom of the group as Benfica and Dinamo Kiev drew uh, 0-0. So that group stands Group E, Bayern Munich first, Benfica second, Kiev third, and Barcelona fourth. Group F, Young Boys sit atop with the great American legend Pifak scoring the 95th minute winner over Manchester United today. Maybe, maybe I gave you. Atalanta equaled, uh, drew with Villarreal to two, and that puts my, uh, Manchester United fourth in the group as well. Salzburg, Sevilla, Lille, and Wolfsburg all have one point. Uh, Salzburg, Sevilla was a crazy game with like four penalty kicks, two of them missed, and two of them scored. Uh, and the game still finished 1-1. <laughs> and uh, that Brendan Aronson played, actually. Then on Wolfsburg, uh, John Brooks played and got a red card. So he's been in really <laughs> bad form uh, during World Cup qualifying and this now. So there you go. And then Juventus uh, topped the group over Malmo 3-0. Then Chelsea uh, beat Zenit St. Peter 1-0. Then Zenit and then Malmo in third and fourth of that group. The second games are like the, the second half of those games are tomorrow with the groups A through D. So we'll see how, how those go. We have a nice tasty uh, Liverpool versus AC Milan. So that one should be good. But Hope yeah, so. I, I think that's a, I think that about covers everything we wanted to get to today coming uh, for this weekend, Newcastle leads on Friday, Wolves Brentford on Saturday, Burnley Arsenal, two disaster clubs there playing against each other, Liverpool Crystal Palace, City Southampton, Norwich Watford, Villa versus Everton, then on Sunday, Brighton versus Leicester, West Ham versus United, Tottenham versus Chelsea. So, yeah. If you want to reach us, you can contact us at Stop It Show, Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us, Stoppage Time Show at gmail.com or Instagram, Stoppage Time Soccer Show. And enjoy the rest of your week. Kane has stolen him to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to. Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League. 
from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.